and you're very welcome to another episode of the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond alongside World Cup winner Rachel Burford. How are we doing, Burf? I'm good. I'm good to be back. How yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little respite. <laughs> yeah, nice. Great to have you back on the field, on the pod. We had some, I don't know, not quite sure who, who she was, but uh, yeah, filling in the last couple of weeks. But great to have you back. Uh, and we've got, yeah, another bumper show. Why not? It's the Six Nations. We've got not only one, but two, but three guests again this week. Uh, looking ahead to Super Saturday, of course. We'll look back at a bumper round of Premier 15's results. Berth was back. Um, and all in the company of England lock, Zoe Allcroft, Helen Nelson from Scotland, and Adele McMahon from Ireland. So how have you been then, Berth? Missed us. You've been on your, on your camps doing your thing with young players out there. But um, yeah, you've got a bit of a suntan got going there. You look very well. Yeah, I've got a bit of a glow back, haven't I? Um, literally just after getting back out there playing one game. Um, no, it's been a really busy couple of weeks with the Girls Rugby Club camps. It's been it's like, like over 200 girls we've been coaching, so it's been incredible uh, to be back out the pitch. Just hearing that, like as soon as you turn up and they start chatting and laughing, it's just nice. And I'm sure lots of people are hearing that now back at the rugby clubs on Sunday mornings and hearing all the laughters. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, Joyce. And and you, in the quarters, how nice to to get back out there. But glad to have you back out there because it was a uh, it was a young old young old team you uh, you went out to uh, to Worcester with. Yeah, we had quite an inexperienced side, young couple of debuts, few people playing that position. Um, but yeah, it was just so great personally to be back out there. Um, earlier than expected so really really great for that and the players really stepped up against the really tough Worcester side and it's so good for for the quarters the fact that we've got some strength and depth and it. it was a great opportunity for for Gerard to to be able to have a look at a few players with all what's coming on in the next few weeks so yeah it was it was really really good day out and obviously the sun was shining so that makes things always better. Hundred percent. Yeah, we will have a, a little look back at uh, those results later on in, in the show. We're going to deal with the international news and stuff first. But no, good to have you back. Sarah Hunter was uh, was in the chair the last couple of weeks. Presumably, you've 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 listened. She, she was good, wasn't she? Of course, she was. That's why we got her in. We knew that she'd absolutely smash it. I did tell her, don't do too well because I might not get the seat back. Um, but no, how? Cool yeah, she's not available happen? this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I might just sneak back in. <laughs> no, Dini Solo, she's uh, it's great to have Santa on the pod, but uh, equally nice to, to have you back on back on the WRP because we haven't spoken to you and got your your kind of thoughts. The Six Nations so far, give us your and you can go wherever you like with it. Um, your initial thoughts on on the Six Nations on and off the field so far. I think off field, I think we've seen a lot of really positive engagement. Um, you know, loving all the the social media stories that the they're trying to ramp up and give us more of an insight to to player profiles. I think that's been brilliant. I think fantasy league has been awesome. I think it's been such a talking point instead of just out the weekend. You know, it continues into the week. So again more fan engagement, more buzz around it. I think people are learning more about players in each team as opposed to just the few familiar faces that you might know. Um, and, you know, the way people are performing is also making 
their names known, which is amazing. So I think, yeah, off pitch has been relatively good. There's obviously some some chat around red button and what's being played on, on the channel whilst the games are on, which has been something that has upset a lot of people, really, in terms of what's being played instead of an international um, women's game. Um, but I think on pitch, we've seen lots of quality at times from all teams. But I think there still is the clear and obvious of, you know, people talking about amateur versus professional. Um, the score lines haven't been a great reflection on it. Um, but, you know, these are these are things that aren't new, really. And it's, a, you know, we're still in that same sort of area. Um, but in its own window, I'm loving that fact. I'm loving that it's not part um, you know, not lost within the men's tournament, but that it's standing on its own. It's got its own windows. The timings are great, being able to watch the games. Um, so, yeah, I think look, there's so many good things that we can talk about. Um, but like anything, there's always areas that that, that need improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on, on most of uh, most of that. I think, But... You look at the top 14 results, the men's French league results, you'll have 60-odd point to nil. Yeah, in those. You, the premiership, you know, sides getting stuffed, 60, 50, 60, 70. So, you know, it, it does happen. Um, but obviously, it's intensified um, with that. I just wanted to to make one, one thing clear because, um, yes, I had um, a little rant last week. Um, and actually, somebody got, it, got in touch Um a lady who's you know, heavily invested in the, in the women's game and just said, yeah, I thought it was a little bit unfair um, saying that people didn't care and what have you. I just wanted to make it very, very clear. My, my comments last week were, were about what the Six Nations themselves are, are putting out. And um, I've been broadcasting a, a long time and I don't know what, what is achievable um, within budgets and what have you. And you know, I think uh, Ali Donnelly's Conquins did, did a little something on it um, last week and that's sort of roundup of the week, you know, for me, it's not good enough to just get it out there. It's got to be done in a quality way. And and that was my point last week. You know, if if all you're doing in the week, and I, I agree, there is more social media, but you're doing an Instagram live, it's free, and you're getting players to dig out a load of old photographs and do a voiceover into their phone. That's not high-quality broadcasting, um, and, and that's that's not putting effort and energy into it, and, and, and it could be. And again, with the half-time... And pre and post, you know, we do it on the Alliance Premier 15s every single week. You know, um, if the BBC want to put presentation on it, they've got to do a new truck. So, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I get that because it's a world feed and BBC feeds different. It's getting boring. Um, but there is more that can be done with it. And that, that that's where my frustration lies, um, is the fact that, um, you know, it, it, there isn't. There seems to be that that care and attention um, to, and I could give you lots and lots of other stories behind the scenes of what's the stuff I'm involved in. Um, that it just just not enough thoughts given to it for for whatever reason. So I just wanted to, to quantify that. You know, the BBC have picked this up for next to nothing, and and they're showing it. And fair play to them. Um, when I was at Sky, we used to get criticised all the time. Oh, it's on Sky. I can't you know, watch it as terrestrial TV. Do you know? It was at least Sky were televising it. It's the same with the BBC now. At least they're televising it. Nobody else is stumping up. So, no, fair play to BBC. Could you put it on the front channel? Yeah, possibly. But, um, you know, remember, we, we're only 10 days from the tournament when it was announced. You know, a huge broadcast out of BBC trying to fit things together. It, it's very, very difficult. So, and, 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 yeah, I understand that um, 
you know, contracts and stuff were signed very, very, very late indeed. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's no sort of, um, uh, blame for, for the BBC. Just, we just got to put it out there, put it out there. Great. Uh, correctly. Um, because the play on the field is, is, is bloody brilliant. So, um, it's the first time I said bloody on the pod in 92 episodes. Um, beep. Yeah, beep. Look, my argument, as always, and I'll stop another rant now, we've got to match what you guys are putting out of the field. And if we don't, we're doing you a disservice. And it just, it, you know, it, it doesn't happen at the moment. You know, Saracen's pictures from the weekend look like they're playing on an ice rink. It's an adjustment in the camera because it's sunny. You know, it, it's, you know, and it looks awful. You know, it's just tiny little things like that, which, you know, it's so easy to fix. Anyway, enough of the ranting and raving and quantifying what, we, uh, what we're saying and what have you. Look, let's get straight into the Six Nations. Super Saturday. Unbelievable Saturday ahead of us. We've got uh, Italy against Ireland, 2 o'clock, a BBC iPlayer. Uh, England against France, 2 o'clock on BBC 2. Terrestrial BBC 2. And then Scotland Wales at 5 o'clock. Um, that's on BBC Two Scotland and the iPlayer as well. But let's let's start with that sort of grand final game and get a lady who uh, performs incredibly well, doesn't she? She's uh, back from injury now, back in that England shirt, and uh, is quite some player. It's Zoe Allcroft on the WRP. I'm Rachel Taylor, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, it is an absolute pleasure and a treat to have I was just saying to Berth earlier uh, sorry that um, we like coaches we like to pick on form those to come in on the pod and I think it's very very safe to say that you are are banging form after a very very long layoff congratulations on the on the two wins uh, so far good to be back out there with the rose back on the uh, on the chest yeah definitely always like whenever I get injured I absolutely hate it so whenever I can come back that's always the best feeling see her face light up straight away then <laughs> what what is it you particularly love then Zoe uh, about playing um I just love like the like the high tempo of playing for England um like the decision making side of things like it's just like an extra step up from oh I obviously look playing for club also but um like playing for the country um it's just like get that in there. <laughs> Um, what's uh, what's what's been the sort of feedback after those the, those those first two games, Zoe? Um, I know a lot of lots been said about this uh, this PPP and playing at real tempo and mids barking away and, and all the rest of it, as, as we know he can. What what's been the review so far? And what what are the things on the we must get better at for for this weekend? Um, so obviously going into the Six Nations, we've been doing these PPP sessions that have been like the next level sort of thing. So going into the games, we've wanted to take that level of um, training into these games. Um, and I think we've, we have, obviously the first game, we the first half was what really what we wanted. And then the second half, we kind of like uh, dropped off a little bit. So then we spoke about going into Italy, having that whole eight minutes performance. But then I think the first half, we didn't quite, um, get out the blocks as, as soon as we wanted to and then but then in the second half um, we sort of got a little bit shouted at a half time and um, like stuck in in that second half and like kind of got the result we wanted to and um, so I think obviously France 
is where we need to put in the full 8 minute performance and that's what we've been talking about this whole entire week um so right from the get go we want to be absolutely putting pressure on them um from the start and right through to the full 8 minutes who had the hair dryer out Sorry, I don't know what that means. <laughs> who, who, who had the hairdryer out at half time in that in that when you were told off? Mids or Mark or Scott or just all three of them? I think maybe you can guess, but I think mids. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, mid. yeah, yeah, no, no. I would say mid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we didn't need it. How much are you so how much are you enjoying? Well, we'll get back to France in a in a sec. How much are you enjoying? I mean I know Beth and I have spoken before on this pod today about that that battle for for, for back five places. You know, you, you started at six in that first game against Scotland. I mean, you look at the the options um, in and around those positions. You know, Ward, O'Donnell, um, Miller, Mills. You got Marley, you got Sunter, you got Fleetwood. You know, all in that back back five area. I'm sure I missed couple of people off there um but how much are you enjoying that competition does it i suspect the stock media answer is going to be oh yeah well it all spurs us on to get better but but genuinely like in the cold dark moments by yourself in your hotel room like, right i'm going to get her in training tomorrow because she was just a bit too good <laughs> come on be honest um i think for me it's just like genuine this is genuine that i think it's just about every time i go on the pitch making sure i'm the best and then that kind of creates its own sort of competition um, with the, obviously the other girls because they're obviously going out wanting to be their best and then, but, yeah. But do you, do, <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you share ideas? You know, I think we all know Abby Ward, you know, her, her very much, she's a line-out Norse and that's very much a compliment. But do, do you share those ideas? Does she come to you and say, well, why don't you do that in that situation? You, you might do the, the same in certain other situations. Yeah, definitely. I think like when when we're actually training, we're always input into each other how we can make it better for the team because that's that's obviously our main goal to be the best team in the world. And um, so we're always having that small chat, especially in the lineouts, like those little tiny details are so important in there. We're always reflecting back on those, seeing what we each individual person in that lineout can do better to make the whole whole team better. So even though we are in competition with each other, um, kind of like forwards is like working as a team anyway so it's really important that we do get those things right so then you can be the best in the world if that makes sense because if one person gets something wrong then you can't do your best so you need that competition to be the best team if that makes sense well what about when you do ppp and who who the the forwards that get feisty and get into each other a little bit on the pitch um Oh. Marley. Poppy. Poppy. When you're in that PvP station, I think everyone gives it a go. Um, <laughs> like you've just got your head stuck in somewhere and, yeah, the refs don't help. <laughs> the Amy Turner that's refereeing, or is it? It's changed Scott. now. It's changed now. It's got worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> Amy's left. Um, so where do you prefer playing? Um, oh, I mean, six the other week was the first time I've ever really played there, um, and I absolutely loved it. Um, oh, I'm gonna go six. I'm gonna go six. Oh, yeah. Okay. So is that, right. is that something you you're looking at for future? Um, to be in that position, and it's just because of how loose you are, like how good you are in the loose. Sorry, not how loose you are. How good you are. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, she is loose. Listeners, she is loose. Yeah, let's not go there. That's for a different part of pod. Um, no, just to, yeah, is that kind of the, the thinking behind it? Um, yeah, so I, obviously I do love running in that um, loose and I love to be able to get off the scrum quickly. Um, and I think that is part of the reason why I did love it so much. I just felt a bit more freer. I don't know if that's like actually how I was supposed to feel, but just like my mindset going into the game, I just felt a lot more freer. Whereas second row, I feel like line out structure, that sort of thing when I go into a game. Um, but yeah, definitely did like playing six, but um, I don't want it to like affect me being a second row if that makes sense I'm still like pushing to be like a really good second row um and if that means that I'm going to stay in the row then that's fine um I'm having to stay in the row and I'll do my best to be the best in the row so <laughs> Emily has got you trained up well that is a straight bat answer straight back at the bowler as I've heard good old Emily with her media training um they're just keeping you keeping yourselves in, in an opening selection look let's 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 get to France the weekend then uh Zoe I make it something like only two defeats in the last 26 games for England you're the only fully professional side in the competition how much pressure does that put on you guys um, I think it puts a lot of pressure on, on us, to be honest. I think France have looked really good um, the last couple of games that they've played. Um, definitely like ball in hand, um, offloading, that sort of thing. Um, so I think it, this week is just about concentrating on ourselves and making sure that we put the pressure on them rather than them putting the pressure on us. That, that's what... Um, it's, that's why it's really important for us to go out really hard in those first first ten minutes, sort of thing, and um, just so that we can put the pressure on them because we know once once they get playing, then they can play. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they really can. Um, that battle against the, the likes of Sefian Di, Diallo, are you are you relishing that Erme and uh, Menager's back now? So are, you, are you relishing that battle? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I, I just want to go now, to be honest, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, ready for it. Ready for it always. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Uh, look, Zoe, it's been, uh, been been great to to have a little catch up with you. Really, really appreciate you coming on the on the pod. All the best at the weekend, uh, and I hope you you enjoy the uh, the occasion down at the stoop. I hope the sun continues to shine. Thank you. Great to speak to to Zoe. Yeah, we're like sort of coaches, aren't we, Berth? You know, we've got to, got to pick people to come on the pod in form, and she is banging form. Yeah, ever since she got back from injury, you know, she had a really tough time out. But ever since she's come back on the pitch, she's been, you know, not just in a in an English shirt, but in her club colours as well. She's been dominating in the prem, and, and that that form has gone straight into international um, duty as well. Yeah, I I hadn't taken a huge amount of, of notice of her uh, as a player because I think you know we're looking around Abby Ward, weren't we? And then and Poppy was coming in there, and, and Harriet Miller Mills and stuff. Until Lisa Bird, this is some time ago, Lisa Bird just Bird, put her in her all-time 15. And I just, well, then she's obviously a, a player of massive note and ever since then kept an eye on her. And uh, but as you say, she's come out from injury brilliantly. But but England as a whole, Berth, what are they looking to uh, achieve this weekend? Is it win at all costs or they want to keep developing you know, that, that style of rugby we've seen in fits and starts, in particular that first 40 against Scotland, that really, really high pace tempo, keeping the ball alive, lots of different power runners coming from different angles. I, I think it'll be a win at all costs. It's 
the championship title. Um, so I think they'll try and do everything that they can. I think they'll select their strongest side that they feel. Um, one of the things they will be focusing on is how they string together that full performance of 80 minutes. You know, we've seen a very good start when they played against Scotland, then it died off, and then, sorry, the other way around, you know, came very strong in the second half. And, and against Italy, the same thing, very strong 40-minute performance. So how they get both ends, the first half and the second half together, because as we've seen, we know that France can punish and run away with a result. So they're going to be focusing on that area, I would have thought. Uh, and what have you made of France? They've, they've taken their opportunities, haven't they, when, uh, when they've been presented? But just seems that they've come back with a, a sort of freeness in their, in, in their thought and therefore their play. Yeah, they, they've definitely continued that, that form from November, how they played against England at Twickenham. Um, and, you know, England will be focusing on how that was quite a close one for them and maybe even they were on the little bit of the luck side. So I think, you know, France have been in from, like brilliant form individually. They've been outstanding players. And I think, you know, collectively they've worked really well. They've capitalised on mistakes, you know, Often you can you can say that that France kind of switch off and 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 then they lose their way, they lose their momentum of the game, and then they struggle to get it back. But they've been keeping their foot on the pedal with whatever is in front of them. You know, punishing um, Wales really early, punishing Ireland very early, and then keeping the foot on the gas is something that's been really really impressive from them. Okay, then um, I suspect you're as if I know anything about you, you're going to go with your heart. And it's going to be an England win, but by how much? I think it's going to be really tight. I think, you know, it could literally be three points in it between the sides. I think it'll be, you know, nip and tuck between the two. But yeah, I'm going to back England, obviously. Um, that, that's in my heart. Um, I I am worried. I think France are uh, going to come and play. Um, and I think, you know, England need to be on their top form and their top game um, to beat them. I I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I mean the selection meeting alone, the the back five that 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 pack, and then what what do they do at ten twelve? Well, we know yeah. thirteen, but back three as well. It's a lovely lovely place to be in for for Simon Middleton. But yeah, France are beginning to really really grow that that strength and depth as well. Unearthed a few beauties, haven't they? Um, and I'll get this right because it's difficult in, in commentary. Boujard is on the wing with a scrum cap. Boulard is a fullback. Boulard. Uh, and yeah, you're, you're, you're... You should have asked me. I would have helped you out. Yeah, right. And <laughs> Bannett played well, didn't she, last weekend? Old Cyril. Bannett. Bannett. Darn it. No, she had a good game. Um, but no, it, it looks, it makes for a really, really fab into this tournament in, in terms of finding a winner. And okay, we we haven't got the full gambit and you know, we are where we are with that. It's a global pandemic on, but it's just, it, it's going to be a great, great way to finish the, the tournament actually. And it may actually think, do you know what, perhaps this is something to, to do going forward and, and something just to, to set the women's six nations apart from the men's. Yeah. I think everybody's excited for the, the super Saturday as it's, as it's being said. Um, you know, I think both you and I are quite traditionalists and would like to have um, all the other games being played. However, you know, finals weekend at the end of it, you know, I quite like that. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to um, the other game, the uh, race for third uh, between Italy and Ireland. 
And let's get the thoughts of Ireland and Wasp background now. Adele Tricky McMahon. I'm Simon Middleton, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, it is a very warm welcome to Adele McMahon, to the Women's Rugby Pod. Was an Ireland player. Let's get the important things out of the way first, Adele. How are you? How's the injury? Uh, I'm good, yeah. Injuries injuries coming along uh, well and better than expected, so that's always a positive. Um, I suppose anyone wondering what I actually did to myself, um, I injured my Liz Frank in the Exeter game, uh, just caught caught awkward in a tackle and classic um continued to play on with it thinking it was a sprain I could walk off so um yeah I'm in just out of the boot there this week and learning to walk again um so that's been fun (laughs) basically where the bottom of your foot like snaps uh yeah it's it's I've done like a classic me as well i I love research, so I've been Googling everything to do with the Liz Frank and scientific journals and everything you can think of, uh, even how to diagnose it. I was like, I need to know everything about this. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a, a complex in, in your foot, um, an awkward one as well that kind of requires the stability of your, your leg. Um, so, yeah, just I was like, don't do anything by halves anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I think physios hate Google nowadays because you always yeah, turn absolutely. up and like, I've got self-diagnosis, <laughs> I know how to rehab back, I know that I need this, and they're like, and where did you graduate? <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> I've definitely been annoying the physio about that. <laughs> and the other important thing I wanted to, to ask you about is, is, and I'm not sure whether you can tell us or not, but um, why tricky? Yeah, it was funny, actually, when I was logging on, I was like, will I say Del McMahon or will I put my name as Tricky? Um, Tricky is kind of my my rugby name that's followed me uh, since I started my rugby career. Uh, my first cap for Galwegians back in Ireland in a team in the AIL. It's a tradition to, to sing a song on your first away game. And I was so quiet, like I think I'd maybe been at two training sessions I was Edel from Clare who turned up in all the GA gear because I didn't own an ounce of rugby clothes either. Um, and I knew the words to It's Tricky back to front. So that's what I sang for my first cap. Well, first cap rap, I guess. And um, the name just stuck like because I think it was a Sunday evening. We had a few beers in the bus, had training on a Tuesday and everyone was like, what's that tricky girl's name again? And and that literally stuck. And I, I sang it every single time on the way home from a, a bus or I'd be caught up on a stage in, in a bar singing it as well if we were out celebrating or something like that. So it just it, it followed me here. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know that one. Do you, uh, Rome DMC, uh, is this you trying to get me to sing it here now? <laughs> <laughs> ah, she's seen through it. Yeah. No, yeah Jen, Jen, no idea how it goes. Um I keep it for special occasions now, so. Understood. Fair enough. Yeah. Not, not a special enough occasion. Fair enough to you. Look, we, uh, we, we got you on today. Um, I'd love to sort of get you on the pod at some other point to, to go through your, your career and your, and your journey and what have you. Today, very much specifically looking at, um, obviously, the Six Nations is going on at the moment. Let's just touch on uh, on Was securing, obviously, a semi-final spot. Congrats to you and the, and the rest of the girls. Um, those are going to be some semi-finals, aren't they? Yeah, they're a cracker. Like the the table has been 
you know, blown wide open this year compared to where it was last year. Um, you've got, you know, top five teams there competing. Exeter just on the fringes of the semi-finals as well. Um, yeah, it's 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 been an, a brilliant year. I, I think the Sevens girls that have been integrated into, her, into the squad and especially into Wasps have really added um, an element and a flair to, to our, our attacking game. And, and likewise with other teams as well. So it's going to be it's going to be a really a hard grit game, and it's going to be exciting. Anyone you don't want to meet in the semis? Who do well, you prefer we have, to we meet? We have Harlequins, so we already. Know oh, you that. have Harlequins. You do know. <laughs> I, I did know that, didn't I? Didn't I? So it's this COVID yeah. vaccination. I'm getting all over the place here. Um, yeah. You've got Harlequins. So up against Rachel Burford. Um, That's it. Yeah. Up in the centres there. Hopefully I'll be back for that game now and I'll know to be targeting. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, look, fingers crossed for, for the injury. But look, we, let's concentrate on on, on Ireland. Um, what have you made of of the performances? Quite stark difference in the performances uh, so yeah. far in the, in the Six Nations. Yeah, I think, you know, I suppose it's, it's only really come to light because of of the media, I guess this this year for the tournament, um, like the last couple of years, I know in twenty nineteen we didn't have a great tournament either. Um, last year it, it was a great um Six Nations for us in terms of we hammered out the goals that we wanted, get three home games wins, which we did against Italy, Scotland, and Wales, um, and even against England. I know, um, our attacking performance wasn't where we would have wanted to be defensively. We were quite good and stood uh, England twenty five nil to the to, to end time which was I mean if you reflect that on the France game is quite a significant um difference um but yeah I like I don't know if it's it's probably an extremism if you compare the fantastic win that we had against Wales um to the performance against France just the weekend gone um and I think that you know media does add an element to to that as well um, you know, Ireland were massively error-driven against France and you can't make errors against the French or you can't make errors against the top teams in the world because they will punish you. And that was like, that was, you know, the story of the, of the game for Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was surprised and um, uh, yeah, you've got to play what's in front of you and, you know, Wales are... are beginning to start out a journey i think that's yeah. you know, very very fair to say uh with the new new management and some some new players in there and stuff um but i was really really pleased the way that on came out of the traps in that first game what and yet then we as i say take it back a, a, another week and performance is, isn't at that level why do you think that was well um i think someone alluded to really well you know again a wales Again, they're on a journey and they have a lot of learnings to do. And Ireland, you know, played their game. They stuck to their structure for the first 30, 31 minutes of that game. I think they, for every minute they were playing, they had a point on the board. And then they hit a lull for about a half an hour patch where they fell out of their structure um, and they fell out of what they were used to playing. And that kind of came into the French game. You know, they, they probably not their standards of basic execution skills dropped and like even our breakdown decision or fold um, just our, our carries as well 
we were losing people in rucks. Um, I think we had three or four people in a ruck at one stage and we were losing people out in an attack. And that was just easy then for France to defend. Um, I think on a couple of occasions as well, we just got unluckily stripped out of a ball and France scored. You know, so it's very hard to, um, I suppose, compare the two games because, you know, Ireland were so error-driven and France punished them. Whereas when they were error-driven against Wales, Wales were not able to punish them the way France were. And Ireland certainly had that patch against Wales for about 30 minutes where they didn't score. Um, you know, forcing a pass, forcing the offload, you know, not kind of playing when they had deserved to have, you know, attacking front when they didn't have momentum. But Wales didn't punish them the way France did. So I don't think um, the Wales game was probably the best preparation coming into France. Um, you know, they certainly learned an awful lot more against that French game than they did against Wales. Um, what have yeah. you made of Ireland so far, Berth? I think opening stages, everybody was super impressed. I think I've always said it about how they start. You always start really, really well with lots of intent and you're able to sustain that in that first game for that first kind of 45, 50 minutes. Um, but I think as you probably mentioned there, sorry that I dropped off there. Um, I think what Ireland struggled to do was to get any momentum back in that game. And because France were very good at, they're a lot, they're a better team at so solving problems what's in front of them very quickly and then it was almost like Ireland then had no other decisions or no other where to go when Ireland when France had managed to to work them out in certain areas and I think you talk there about those key learnings and about how you need to be able to adapt again and again and again against an opposition who can work things out who are stifling your play and stopping that momentum Um, and the biggest thing is those, those that error count and how a team like France can capitalise on it. We saw that they did the exact same against Wales, you know, a couple of errors yeah. that Wales made, they're suddenly under the sticks and they're three tries up. Um, but I think overall, you know, you've got to look at the the way that Ireland are playing generally, the way that they're moving the ball, the athleticism within the side. You can tell the, the amount of hard work that has gone into um, all the camps over the weekends and... You know, it's been tough on the players. Um, but, yeah, I think we have definitely seen an improvement from the side. And, I, you know, I don't think we saw the best of Ireland. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you there. I think that French game was not a true reflection of what Ireland are capable of. Um, and like Rachel saying, like when you make errors like that, um, it's and against France, um, they do it to every team. You saw what they did. Um in the Novembers against England, uh, two two lineouts that went wrong for England, and and it, France are straight on that and scored. So, I mean, if the best teams in the world are making those mistakes and France can capitalize on them, you know, um, I think Ireland have to be, you know, proud that they, I suppose, kept kept going to the end um, and just just take the learnings, um, and that's all, that's all they can do coming into Italy and just put put things right for them. Who's particularly impressed you? Obviously, a lot of media hype around uh, Parsons. Baven Parsons. Baven Parsons. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people are uh, asking me how how to pronounce that name. Um, I suppose the Irish spelling throws people off. But yeah, she's been (laughs) brilliant and she's been phenomenal since the get-go, since her first cap against um, USA. I think her first touch of the ball, she got held up uh, over the try line. Um, But there is some 
you know, really good young talent coming through and, and everyone's mentioned her before is Dorothy Wall. Um, and she'll just grow in confidence uh, each game that she plays. And these are the t- types of test mas- matches that she needs as well at that top level to to figure out where she's at and, and to keep going with, with all the positives that she brings to the game as well. Um, you know, there's uh, off the bench, I thought uh, Stacey Flood was excellent. Um, yeah. She's some excellent passes yeah. and has good vision in attack. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, the partnership between herself and Hannah Tyrrell and how that works. You know, Stacey's quite young, so she has plenty of years ahead of her. And, you know, Hannah does have an awful lot of experience in the 15s game compared to some of those sevens players. So I thought Stacey was um, an excellent find as well um, in that sevens squad. That's probably transitioned very well over to 15s. Um, Yes. Well, let's look ahead to this weekend. Uh, Italy, where do you see it going? Where is it going to be won and lost? What have you made of the Italians so far? Three questions in one. Three, <laughs> I thought the Italians were, have been excellent. Um, been really impressed with, I suppose, they've probably had the least preparation in terms of all of the teams in the Six Nations. And they've really just come out of the blocks just trying to play rugby. Um, they're get, trying to get it to the edge. Their their wingers are scoring. I think they're thirty in the last weekend had the most stats for carries. So that's where they want to. That's where they're wanting to attack the game. So it, it's really positive to see them going for it. They're playing very like Jouet style of rugby. Even against England, um, they were just unfortunate not to to ex- execute on on any of their, their attacking phases, and they made two errors. And England and England scored under the post in that first half. So um, I think Ireland definitely won't be underestimating the game against Italy. They'll have watched um, how Italy played against Scotland recently and how, how they attacked against France or against England as well. And I think, you know, if Ireland can fix their breakdown and can fix their fluidity around that breakdown on both sides of the ball, I think Ireland should come away with a win against the Italians, but it, it won't be as uh, as easy as it was against the the Welsh. And and for you, Berth? Oh, this is... <laughs> I definitely have a boy's head on me You could well. be meeting in the semi-finals soon. Just careful. Yeah, it's true. Um, look, I think the way that Italy have been playing, you, you can't look past that. You can't look past how how well they're moving the ball and exploiting space and taking opportunities. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, is this the best season that we might have seen Italy play? Are they the most un- unprepared? Yes. But, you know, I've been really, really impressed with them. And I think what they've worked out is to not try and physically match opposition. And that's why they're keeping the ball and moving it as much as they are. And they're getting great success off it. Um <sighs> <laughs> it's really uh, I love that look. <laughs> yeah. Uh, based on how they're playing, I think Italy have this is their best chance, I think, to be able to beat Ireland. There you go. I didn't said, quite say it. I said eh? Birth just said you're not gonna win. Well she would I didn't, I didn't put it out like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be tight though, isn't it? And you know, that's yeah. That's what we want, and that's what we were hoping yeah. from from Super Saturday uh, with this sort of standalone Six Nations. And 
uh, yeah, I don't want to go into well, you know, it's professional and unprofessional, and that's why the the, the gap is. But but it actually this finals day and the way it's set up is is kind of perfect to, for everybody to showpiece, and everybody's got a chance of winning those those final yeah, games, right? Exactly. I mean, even yeah, it, it is going to be a super Saturday, and and between England, France, it's going to be a cracking game. Ireland, Italy is going to be an absolute yeah. cracking game as well. I mean, if like you're saying, if Italy start playing with that, you know offloading game it's always exciting to watch whether it comes off or it doesn't um and it's it's really encouraging to see um players play with that and express their you know express themselves on the pitch without you know falling into very basic probably born up the jumper or rugby so it's it's exciting to watch um and then to see where wales are at in terms of the the scotland game as well you know how how well have they kind of fixed things in camp how have they improved uh, as the six nations has gone on so it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they're at as well in terms of the, the scotland game as well yeah absolutely i know we could uh, we could carry on talking but we're whizzing around all the all the units i really really appreciate your time this morning great to to get your thoughts fingers crossed yes <laughs> you're, you're back in time for for the end of the season and those unbelievable semi-finals and um yeah thank you very much for your your insight this morning and i look forward to hearing tricky Cheers. Thank you very much. I'll see you later. <laughs> Thanks Cheers. a lot. Well, she's in, in, in good form, really uh, upbeat. Obviously, she's got a sort of uh, an eye in the camp. Um, Ireland, then, your, your, your assessment of them. Um, we spoke just a second ago, didn't we, about how, how difficult that, that game is going to be, um, certainly to, to call anyway. Um, but have Ireland moved on? I, I guess that's... Yeah, with with non-professional teams in the Six Nations, that's that's what I'm kind of looking for. Is is have these teams moved on from from last year? Okay, we've got one one game left, but have have Ireland moved on, and and if so, where? I think it's quite difficult to compare from this year to last year, considering the year that the world has had. Okay. So you know the preparation, etc. Have we seen them move on? I don't know. And I think it's the same for in the Welsh camp and in the Scotland camp. I think they've obviously had a limited amount of time together. And have we seen improvements? We've seen some improvements, absolutely. Have we seen new players coming in? You know, we've already spoken about Parsons. I think Higgins was outstanding as well. And so I think, you know, have they developed new players? Have they managed to utilise some of their sevens players into their programme to, to strengthen it? Yes. But are we seeing, you know full performances and changes in that area. You know, you could arguably say yes against Wales. There was a significant difference in how they played in that first in that first half, I would say. Um, but then being able to sustain that and continue that and then be able to take that on to another opposition, they haven't been able to do. So I think it's difficult to compare. Um, I think that, you know, you're always going to have you know, slight improvements, but have we probably seen... Uh, but is it in the place to be able to to make the difference that we're, everybody's expecting? I think, and, and I will just touch on Wales here, I think everybody puts so much expectation that they're suddenly going to be this new look team. And I did it. You know, I had huge expectations on them. When reality is, you know, not much has changed. Yeah. Yeah, on the ground. No, it, it has, right. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you've been away, you haven't had that, that time together. And the time you do have together especially in those sort of non, non-professional environment, it, it's really tricky to to get stuff done. Uh, and especially if you've got a new management and what have you. Um, 
No, I was I was impressed with a few a few individuals, and actually, you know, on paper, you know, Ireland are a really nice looking side. I mean, we took one of your your chums, a Harlequins, you know, Anna Capers. She, I mean, she she was one of the players of the Six Nations last season, not getting a sniff, and you know that's that's sad for for Anna, but but shows the kind of strength and depth in 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 that area. So they are beginning to get get more depth beyond the fifteen, which I think has probably been. Um, an area where they've they've struggled in the past. So, what? Come on, then, match point predictor genius. Who's going to? Uh, who's going to <laughs> win? <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to say Italy. Or will it be too much for them? By twelve. Italy by twelve. Okay. So, if you're involved in the match point predictor, I want to get some points. Go away from that. Scorer. <laughs> See, I'm just setting everybody up. I'm Maggie Alfonsi, and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. To bring you up to date with all the news from the Oval World, and this week comes an association with Rugby Coffee. By bringing uh, ethical source coffee to the global rugby market via the online shop, Rugby Coffee aims to give kids around the world opportunities to play rugby and help uplift their lives through their charity partners. This is coffee with a cause. So uh, thank you very much, Rugby Coffee. I'll send you some, Berth. Yes, please. You know me and coffee. They can send you some. But yeah, but you, you're not a grinder, are you? That's, that I have got really- a grinder. <laughs> You've got one or on? Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, good, going this week. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So good to have you back. Um, She's dropped the standards. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, so no, it's, it's good gear actually. No, the, the guys will, will will get some over to you. But yeah, do um, check them out. The uh, promotion code there is WRP10 for 10% off your first order. And it's really, really good stuff. And, yeah, it's in supporting rugby charities as well. So it's all win, 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 win. Anyway, on to that news then, Berth. Yeah, so we've got some great news. Blues women versus Chief women. The first ever Super Rugby women's team is going to be taking place on the 1st of May at no other than Eden Park. Yeah, and I, I mean, what do our, our listeners down in uh, in New Zealand think? Do, do you think all the uh, franchises should start up women's teams? I, I guess most of them will say say yes. Alice Soap will probably have something to say about it in, in sixty seconds with four thousand words. Um, but yeah, look, get in touch. What, what do you think of that? Uh, is it something for for the future of them? It's almost like a super women's rugby. That'd be that'd be quite cool down there, wouldn't it? Um, anyway, the uh, Super League up here in England, the Premier Fifteens. Uh, what a weekend! Of rugby it was. Nail biters and upsets. The top four cemented Saracens, Quinns, Wasps and Loughborough. But plenty more to play for. Exeter and Gloucester Harbury fighting it out for a top half finish uh, on the 8th of May. And Sale catching Bristol. So the results from the weekend. Uh, Bristol DMP. First win of the season for DMP. I personally are absolutely stoked for them. Yeah, me too. Um, You know, the fact that it's near the end of the season and it's an easy place to kind of just give up and go with the motion. But the fact that, you know, that's a huge win for them. Um, and yeah, really pleased. And, you know, Beth Blackwood had an absolute outstanding game. 
um, and kind of led the troops. And yeah, no, really pleased for them to to get that win. Yeah, both of you, we've had on the pod a uh, couple of tries there and uh, end up with a 34-17 win. Well done, them. Sale Exeter, brilliant scenes at the end of this one. Yeah, I mean, again, really, really pleased for, for Sale Sharks. I think, you know, for all money, everybody probably expected that Exeter were going to win and going to win convincingly. Um, and then, you know, for, for the game to kind of be heading for a draw and then get that, brilliant intercept try it was unbelievable what a way to finish and just really pleased and there's a lot of photos going around on social media of the the pure joy on their faces that you know to get that win against the team who has been beating let's remind everyone they've been beating the top teams in this league and you know battle against the the two teams who are new into the league as well and you can just tell how much that meant to sale yeah, well done, Holly Bowden and uh, the rest of the Sale Sharks. Hell of an intercept that was. Loughborough against Saracens. Hell of a ding-dong, this one. Uh, 29-38 in the end to the champs. Uh, yeah, Loughborough did salvage a, a, a bonus point to keep them clear of Exeter and secure that fourth spot. But yeah, hell of a game. Yeah, it's always a ding-dong between those two, isn't it? But, you know, historically, it's been a little bit tighter. It was, you know, quite interesting this weekend. Obviously, a lot of internationals were away and not a part of it. So, you know, great for, for the side to, to put out some players that they may not have got as many minutes. And and to get that result, you know, that's a big scoreline against um, Loughborough. And, you know, is that going to be possibly the team that play against each other in the semi-final? Yeah. Other semi-final team, Wasps, scraped past Gloucester Hartbury, uh, 25-20. Hannah West with a little try, uh, with seven minutes left on the clock, clinched that victory. But yeah, a, a really a really close one run thing. And that's good from Gloucester Hartbury because they, they've been missing, you know, obviously Moe's out and uh, Zoe Orcroft, you know, two, I mean, just those two alone, two very, very influential yeah. players for them. It's good, good performance for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think most people would have expected Wasp to, to run away with this um, result and the, the sheer fact that they stuck in it and it, you know, very close towards the end says a lot about the side. And we've talked so much about how that team has been developing and getting better throughout the season because we do say it is a young team. Um, there is a lot of young players in that side, but they're, they're strong club players and, and they're not too disrupted by the internationals and. Yeah, I think they'll be really pleased. That obviously, you always want to win the game, but to, to run a team was close like that, who have been kind of, you know, putting double figures on most teams throughout the season. Um, I think they'll be really pleased on on the way that their season is finishing off. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the standout headline, big flashing lights, neon from the Harlequins was the game was the return of Captain Fantastic. Ah, oh, yeah, me. Yeah, that's you. That's <laughs> fantastic. You forgot to put suntan cream on. Uh, but no, you uh, <laughs> ran out winners uh, 31-7. They, they scored first, didn't they? They did for an intercept try, right, kind of like two or three minutes in. Um, not our best start, let's put it that way. But, yeah, and no, I'm really, really proud of the performance. We had a lot of players away, as did other teams. Um, so we needed a lot of our players to, to step up to the mark and deliver and, and they absolutely did that. It was a young and inexperienced side, a couple of people out of position. We had two new debuts as well who kind of only just started training with us late in the season. So really, really good squad performance. Um, 
and to, to get the win and convincing win, you know, we really struggled against them when we played away at, um, at Worcester. So to, to put a convincing scoreline on them like that was really, really impressive from us. Nice. Yeah. And then the league returns 8th of May for the final round. Uh, and then we're into semis and, and finals. But yeah, the, the top four cemented in. So yeah, what incredible semi-finals they are going to be. Olympic news. Yeah, just flipping over to the, the sevens of Olympics. So the officials have now been selected for the Olympic Games. Eight women in total. Sarah Cox, Amy Perrett, Holly Davison, Tyler Miller, Lauren Jenner, Madeline Putz, is that? Uh, Salika Winiata and Julian Zusman um, have all been selected. So congratulations to all of you. Saliki Winiata. She's about the only ref in the world who actually keep up with play. <laughs> she, on a day. Staff as well. Oh, yeah, the Horton. Um, he, yeah, he was. Mike Adamson as well, I suppose, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, good to uh, good to get those. Uh, only yeah, less than 100 days away now, isn't it? Um, let's just say, flip back to Six Nations. If you weren't aware, it'd probably be remiss if we don't mention it, of course, um, or certainly give you the details. It was a 41-20 victory for Italy over Scotland. Yeah, a couple of tries. Scotland really recover from those couple of early tries. Rigoni just doing what Rigoni does. Um, love her as a player. I think she's great. Um, Scotland really impressive to, to fight back on that try just before half-time. Kind of sealed the deal and one after as well. Uh, Forland with a hat trick. So well done, her. Ireland, France. Scrappy first 10 minutes of both teams struggling to, to find a good flow. Uh, but after a well-executed try from the superstar winger and current top try scorer, Caroline Bougard, the French never really looked back and led 38-8 at half time. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the likes of Boulard, India, I thought was fab. Your your chum, Barnet, <laughs> was really, really good. Um, yeah, I thought Ireland looked kind of shell-shocked uh, a little bit at times. But France playing with a, a real, real freedom. It was a joy to watch at times. This weekend, then, it's finals weekend. So, these are your details for the weekend. Ireland against Italy, 12 o'clock. BBC iPlayer. That is the battle for third. The uh, championship game, as it were. England against France, 2 o'clock. Live on BBC Two. Fair play to you, BBC. Well done. And on BBC iPlayer, got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, and then the battle for fifth, Scotland against Wales. Again, on BBC Terrestrial Television up in Scotland and the iPlayer. That's five o'clock kickoff from Scotston. Um, yeah, Rachel Malcolm, Scotland, injured captain, commentating on that one. Um, Alongside yours truly. So, yeah, certainly looking forward to that. That is all your news. You are up to date. I'm Donna Kennedy, and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. That third game of the weekend. Let's hear from the Scotland captain, uh, filling in for Rachel Malcolm. Friend of the pod, Helen Nelson. Let's get her thoughts ahead of that game against Wales. It is a very warm welcome to Helen Nelson. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? We're very well. The sun is shining down here in, in, in lovely Hampshire. It's always sun shining down here. Um, is the sun shining in, in Scotland? 
it's a little grey today, um, but <laughs> last week, last week we were okay, so I can't complain. Great stuff. Good stuff, good stuff. Helen, we, we've got you on the pod. I know you've been on before um, and we're sort of talking around things that time, but today is very much about the Six Nations. Obviously, it's standalone um, all by itself um, and obviously we, we're focusing on that for, for the podcast. So, we'll just dive straight in if that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. What have you made of your team's performances so far? Marks out of 10 and where the polish needs to be applied. Um, I think we've shown glimpses of, of what we can do in attack and defence. Um, but it's just kind of that full 80 minutes that we're, we're struggling with. Um, I think in both games, England and Italy, we've struggled in the first half. We've struggled in the first 20 minutes. And um, that's kind of let us let us down because we're then giving ourselves a big margin to make up. Um so I think going forwards, it's going to be focusing on that first half performance, getting ourselves in a better place that we can then build on. Um, so, yeah, like not not all negative, but I think we've, we've got bits to work on, bits to look at. Yeah, I, I guess two, two things come, come out of that. And it was a question I was going to ask anyway, that, the fact you brought it up. It, it's just how, how important is that, that start going to be come the weekend? Yeah, really, really important. I think for us as well, it, if we start well in a game, it helps us build confidence and belief into the game. Um, but at the same time, mistakes do happen, so you can't put too much emphasis on that in case something doesn't go our way the first, say, 10 minutes and then heads go down. So it's it's kind of, um, yeah, trying to get a good start, but also not putting like loads and loads of emphasis on that as the be-all be and end-all, because obviously against Italy, we went 12-0 down, and then we got ourselves back to 12-10, so we can get back into games, we know that, but um, ideally, you, we don't let in two tries in the first kind of 10 minutes. Yeah, it would certainly help, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, as you say, you claw right back on that try just for half-time, it's those championship minutes, isn't it? Um, pre and pre and post half time that um, didn't quite go go your way. We, we've spoken uh, not just with you, but uh, with with Jade and, and and other Scotland internationals about and even even Goose as well about putting that eighty minute performance together. What it's obviously conscious in your mind as a, as a as a group and as an individual, one of those leaders within the side. What are you doing to try and get that eighty minute performance? What can you do? Um, I think it's about recognising momentum in a game and um, maybe I think we're a little naive at times when we don't have momentum and it's um, doing things, making good decisions at that time. So if we haven't had the ball for 10, 15 minutes, how can we ensure that we get ball and we keep hold of it and kind of get everyone on the same page? Um because obviously you can't score points if you don't have the ball. And I think it, it helps to build our confidence as well when um, we get through the phases and, and we build some phases. So I think starting small, not we talk a lot about 80 minutes, but it's about kind of um, breaking it down into, say, the first 20 minutes and then, right, that's gone well, let's, let's build up and build up. So I think we do have the ability for a full 80 minutes, minute performance, but it's about kind of yeah, breaking that up and making it more manageable. 
Yeah, because I mean, a game of international rugby is going to ebb and flow. You're not always going to have the rubber, the green, are you? And I guess it's uh, it's managing those parts. But 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 over the last twelve months, eighteen months, you know, patches of games have been some really really impressive rugby. Are you very very determined and very very sure that um, you're you're going in the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think individually and also as a team, we're we're all getting better all the time, and I think. This campaign, especially, there's been some young girls really step up, and that's so promising. Because yeah. if you kind of look at the names that are missing from this squad at the moment, there's some big names. But then I look at the the young girls who've stepped up, like your Evie Gallagher's, um, and then Evie Wills and Kareen Grant, who won their first caps at the weekend. They would probably like wouldn't be getting as much game time if if we had everyone kind of fit and available at the moment so I think it's really positive from our depth point of view um moving up into like a world cup a world cup year next year that's going to be vital yeah 100 percent. I think you know the way I've been watching all the teams probably outside of England and France because yeah, they're professional. They they should get better. It is how much better sides are developing each each, you know, each game. And we've said on this pod a lot and, and very strongly that yeah, you know, Scotland is very much on a on an upward trajectory. So with a little bit of depth coming now and striving for that eighty minute performance, talk us about the preparations uh, for, for the weekend. Yeah. So um, this is it's been a. A good kind of couple of days actually usually after an international we would um play the match and then all disperse for a couple of days and then come back into camp but because of covid we've stayed in for this two-week block so we had sunday and monday all together um when usually we wouldn't and we had a, like a really thorough um kind of unit and team analysis session and, and debrief and really honest conversations which I think normally people do analyse the game, but it, it's separately. It's different when you're all in a room together and you can really pick it apart and, and ask, like, what were you thinking in this moment? Um, so that has been very, very beneficial. I know it's quite cliched to say that we'll we'll learn from, from a loss like Saturday, but I think we really will. Um, so, yeah, we did a, a big analysis on, on the Italy game and then kind of drawn a line under that and now just looking ahead to Wales. So, um yeah, I'm I'm really excited for for this weekend. I think we are in a good place um, after after Saturday, so should be good. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, that's you're right because if you go away and do your analysis, you're going to hide away, can't you? Um, yeah. you know, if you're that kind of person, but actually there in front of the group, that must be incredibly beneficial. So, so Wales, um, you know, very much starting out on a journey. I think you know, you guys are. I think it's fair to say two or three steps. Down, down the road of that journey, they're, they're very much starting out with a new new regime. Um, but they, they've shipped 98 points in, in, in two games. Foregone conclusion, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not, Johnny. It's Test Match Rugby. But no, look, we're, 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 you know, on paper, I think you know, Wales, it, it's a nice side. You know, all 23 from the, from the France game playing play in, the, in, the, in the Premier 15s. You know what well, quality competition that is. Um, yeah. and, and they've had more time together that they, they will get better. Where are going to be the, the major battlegrounds for you? Um, I think Wales are traditionally always a very physical side. No matter who's playing for them in that 23, they're going to bring physicality at the contact, at the breakdown. So definitely expecting that from them. 
Um, and again, their backs, likes of Hannah Jones and Jazz Joyce, you know, they're dangerous players. Um, and I think they are looking to play more than they have in the past. They're looking to kind of um, use their backs more and play to the wide channels. So although they haven't had like the best campaign so far, I th- I'd, I'd, as you say, I don't think it is a foregone, foregone conclusion. I think they'll be firing at the blocks as well. So we'll we'll just make sure that we're ready for that. And what what constitutes success come seven o'clock Saturday? Um, oh, it's a goodie, isn't it? It's a toughie. Yeah, that is. <laughs> is it about result? Pure, purely get the win, finish fifth at home, BBC Scotland, all the rest of it, or, or is it about that development, which which clearly you're you're very much on? Yeah, I mean, a bit of both. A bit of both. It's it is about development, and obviously, this isn't like our end game. The thing we're building towards is the World Cup qualifiers. Like that is what where we want to be. So it's not be all an end all winning on Saturday, but I think putting out as we talked about that eighty minute performance and and getting a win, I think would do huge things for our our confidence and our belief as a squad. There you are. There's the sound bite right there. I, I, and also great on the city. I know there's a lot been talked about um, broadcast and stuff, but it's yeah, it's on, I understand it's on BBC Scotland. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I, that's great as well, isn't it? Just generally for the exposure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the support we've been getting, although obviously there's no fans in the stadiums at the moment, the support we're getting from social media um, has been absolutely incredible. And like really feel that people are behind us and almost making more effort to show that they are behind us. Um, and yeah, being on BBC Scotland at 5pm on Saturday, like it's, it's a huge opportunity for us. Awesome. Well, I hope you take the opportunity with, with both hands, but yeah, all the very, very best of luck. I really do mean that. And, um, thank you so much for joining us again on the WRP. It's always, always, always a pleasure. Thanks, Johnny. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. See you the weekend. And Helen's right there, Berth, in chatting. I think, she, I think she speaks very, very clearly and obviously enjoying stepping up to a bit more of that leadership role with um, the likes of Jade and, and Rachel Malcolm not, not being around at the moment. Um, but it's putting that 80-minute performance together in a different way, but similar to, to England, really. Um, yeah, they have put in some, some spells of some really, really good stuff. Yeah, it's a similar story, isn't it? It's like the spells are really good parts that... You know, I know that will be frustrating them that they can't kind of back them up, you know, go back to back with with good spells because that's when they can punish teams and push teams and close teams out. Let's think about how they played against France that time when they got that that brilliant um, draw against them. You know, they kept the pressure on, they kept applying it, um, but we haven't seen that that kind of spark and that energy. And you just wonder, you know, the likes of Jade Conkle and Rachel Malcolm not in there that. You know, they lack that side of it a little bit more. And, you know, it's going to be a big game for both teams this weekend. You know, Wales are going to be the one to try and uh, rectify and prove a lot and, and pull a lot of things right. They've had a lot of criticism coming their way. Um, and and equally so have Scotland. So it's going to be it's going to be a big battle between the two. Yeah, what, what will Wales be hoping to, to get out of it, Berth? Um, well, I think that they'll be believing that they can go for a win. They'll probably feel that they're on the same level footing as 
as Scotland. I think they they did not expect Ireland to to play the way and start the way they did. You know, I, the biggest thing for Wales is they need to start well. They've in the last two games they've started really poorly early, and then suddenly they're they're trying to chase a game within the first ten minutes because they're two points, they're two tries down. So I think they're going to be looking to how they start. Um, and then how they can try and keep themselves in the game and applying pressure on the opposition. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely with you. I think that that start is hugely important for for, for both mentally for Wales, psychologically for Wales, and, and Scotland. You know, didn't really come back from that that start from Italy. It took them so much to get back in the game that kind of didn't have have much left. Um, so your prediction for that then, Berth? When you look on paper, both teams are, you know, they're relatively even. Yeah, uh, so it's good. About, it's, yeah, and yeah, so much talent, so much individual talent. Um, I'm going to back Scotland. Yeah, okay. <laughs> By how much? By eight. Eight. Okay, I won't do that as my match, match point predictor um, because <laughs> you're nowhere. You are nowhere, Burford. In the WRP League, Dylan Patel leads the way. Congratulations to to Dylan. Uh, just I'm ahead, Dylan. No, you're not. It's a camp. It's a no, no, we checked. No, we've checked your email address, uh, and it's not referenced. Um, ahead of uh, <laughs> some chap called Gary Street, he's in second. He's he's quite. Yeah, he's quiet down now. He was crying after the first week. Yeah, he's got a lot quieter <laughs> now. Um, Yours truly in third. I'll oh, hang very much. Uh, alongside a short. Got, you fix it, don't you? What's that? You fix it, don't you? Prove it. Uh, along, <laughs> alongside our very own Sean Feeling. Berth, you're just keeping an eye on things down down the bottom end, uh, just just down in 31st at the moment. So that's good Look, of you to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just opening the doors to other people to be, you know, at the top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like going for, for a long walk or. Or a skier or a cycle, you have someone at the back looking after everyone, and that's very good of you. In the Legends League, uh, Berth, you're down in 13th, but not to worry, I'm still holding up our end as WRP representative. I'm in third in that one as well. But 15 points behind Kerry, Kerry Large. Who knew Kerry Large was a, a match predictor? Hey, she likes Guinness. There you go. There you are. There you go. That's incentive it. there for her. Massive incentive. It's better news for, for you, Berth, on the fantasy team. You're up a couple of places, up to fifth. Uh, well done to Sarah B.W., who tops our league. Not quite sure who Sarah is, but uh, yeah, one one final round left. Um, Emerson is no longer in top spot. Yes. So well done to Sarah <laughs> B.W. I'm down in eighth, but I'm getting to get you this round because I've, yeah, I've had technical issues the last couple of weeks. Oh, here comes the excuses. Yeah. Well, I, mean, yeah. I went in with one game without any second rows. So, um Anyway, did particularly well. But yeah, I'll catch you on that one as well. Um, but the predictor is the main one, isn't it? I think we'll all agree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now well, another fascinating round. Pick what, pick what suits. That's, that's how it rolls, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. winning that one. Let's focus on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly so. Uh, anyway, yeah, fascinating uh, round of that still to go. TWRP is our league code for the Match Mike Predictor. And yeah, do get involved in the Fantasy League as well. Well, another absolutely packed pod comes to an end berth. Yeah, it's been a great show. Really, really busy again. But, you know, 
while the sun is shining, let's make hay. And hopefully we've done that through the course of this Six Nations. Must just say next week, we're choosing our Six Nations team of the tournament. That should be fun. We're, yeah, yeah, really, really tough. In association like we did last year with Scrum Queens and Ali Donnelly's going to come on. And should we get a green light and permission from the Bubba C uh, from RT, then uh, Sarah Orchard will be joining us as well. She's been commentating on lots of the games as well. So that will be great. But let's finish up with a few shout outs, Berth. Yeah, so just Zimbabwe Rugby Union, the unstoppable women in rugby, providing women with level one courses in coaching and officiating. So again, helping grow the game around the world. Yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? Uh, in Zimbabwe, it's just, just not an area you, you think you'd, rugby has uh, got a foothold, but it uh, with yeah, activities like that, certainly going to get one. New Zealand Rugby Museum launched her story, an exhibition dedicated to women's rugby and showcasing the rise from the beginning to where the game is now. Yeah, some great footage coming out from that as well down in New Zealand. Worcester RFC women's team are holding theirs on the 3rd of May, 7 to 9. Contact Benny if you wish to attend at WorcesterWomenRFC at gmail.com. Brilliant yeah. initiative to get involved in in rugby. 100%. Go the Vandals. Fact and on Verba. <laughs> Uh, and former Harlequins player, lady you'll know, um, Hollywood, formerly Myers, uh, had a first appointment as a, an assistant referee for the Bristol DMP game following her retirement from the game last year. I think it was a yeah, playing career cut short, wasn't it, by, by COVID. She was at Stade Toulousien. Uh, and now she's uh, on the whistle. But uh, yeah, well done to her. And she has given us a message because we're a little bit closer to, to her. There's a few... <laughs> Rather close connections, uh, but she encourages anyone who wants to get involved in the game from an alternative perspective to get involved in refereeing. So there, from the horse's mouth, uh, from from Holly. Um, but that's, uh, as I say, about it for another week birth. Next week, as I say, choosing our Six Nations team of the round with uh, Ali Donnelly at Scrum Queens and Sarah Orchard. But just to remind you of those fixtures at the weekend. Super Saturday from the Six Nations at 12 o'clock. It is Italy against Ireland, live on the BBC iPlayer. At 2 o'clock, it is England against France on BBC Two and the BBC iPlayer. And then rounding off the day, the battle for fifth is Scotland against Wales, BBC Two Scotland and the BBC iPlayer as well. Do get involved in the match right predictor if you fancy the fantasy league as well. You got a time just to to see how well you do in the rounds because it, it's, it's all done by rounds as well, and actually interesting to see who's done well in, in what round. But uh, yeah, the match right predictor TR TWRP, I should say. TWRP if you want to get involved in that one. But it's a huge thanks to all of our guests today, to Zoe Allcroft, to Helen Nelson, and to Adele McMahon. Tricky. Almost got her to sing that song, you know, almost. Next time. <laughs> we'll get her next time. Uh, a big, big thank you to Rugby Nut, to Izzy, to Harry, to Jenny, to Sean, and to Emerson. Thank you to you, Berth. Good to have you back on the pod. Good to have you back on the field. Enjoy Super Saturday. And you, Johnny. Go well on commentating. <laughs> <laughs>
I will do my very, very best to represent it in the best light. But uh, we will see you next week. Take care.